Welcome to Win, the Women in Industry podcast, a production of the Communications Group. Welcome to the Women in Industry podcast. That's Win for short, brought to you by the Communications Group. I'm your host, Lisa Van Hook, Com Group Partner and Director of Client Services, and I'm here with my co-host and Com Group Public Relations Director, Carson Horn. Our guest today is Jennifer Martinez-Belt. She is the Development Director at the Compton Peel Foundation, and oh my gosh, did we have a cool conversation. Seriously, Jennifer is part Energizer Bunny, part comedian, and a, a large part superwoman. I cannot wait for you to get to know her. But before we get to hear Jennifer's story, I want to remind our listeners that we have dozens of amazing and inspiring women featured on our Women in Industry page on our website, comgroup.com. And we are always looking for more women to spotlight. So if you know an amazing woman in healthcare, government, agriculture, education, nonprofit, manufacturing, any, really any industry at all. And I know you do. I know you know amazing women. Please nominate one of those women for win recognition. The nomination form can be found online on the Women in Industry pages on our website. Super easy. It takes like five minutes, maybe less, to submit. Comgroup.com. So now let's talk about inspirational women. We are so inspired by all of you women of the world making a difference, wearing your cape, being superheroes. I mean, bringing your vision to the world. This week, our win inspiration and podcast guest is Jennifer Martinez-Belt, Director of Development for the Peel Compton Foundation in Bentonville, Arkansas. Welcome to the podcast, Jennifer. I want to know about you. Just sort of tell us your elevator speech. Sure. So I'm Jennifer Martinez-Belt. I was raised in Fort Smith, Arkansas, and have a true love for the entire state. I've moved back to Arkansas twice. So if that gives you any indication of, you know, I, my husband and I choose to live here. I'm a mother of two. I'm also an autism mom. So that's a whole different hat. But in 2005, I made a, a concentrated effort in kind of my work moving towards mission-driven work. And what that means for me is working in the nonprofit industry, nonprofit industry. I enjoy connecting people, connecting stories, and connecting needs of others with people's resources, their time, their talent. And I find that you know, very rewarding. I'm the kind of person that know that I require that kind of mission in my heart. You know, I've tried corporate and that just doesn't work for me. Serving others is is always going to be something that's important to me besides motherhood. That's amazing. Do you mind? uh, Are you open to talking a little bit more about I'm a mom? Sure. I, I would love to hear more about being an autism mom. Oh, yeah. So I have two beautiful children. I have a daughter who is going into seventh grade and a son who's going into sixth. And my son, T, we go, he goes by T, was diagnosed with autism at the age of three. We, I saw signs early on, about 18 months, just in his development. Thomas is nonverbal, which means we have to find other ways to communicate. And it's a journey. I think everyone, as a parent, you have a different journey. And, you know, while individuals just don't know how you can do it, and as a parent, you have no other choice. You know, this is your child. These are the, the, the hands you were dealt. And we just have a strong philosophy to give both of our children every opportunity that we can. And with autism, it's just a different journey. Each day is a little bit different from going from being a big planner to learning to chill out and adapt, go with the flow, something I never thought I'd be able to do. And he's given me that gift of, hey, sometimes things aren't perfect or the definition of normal is really not really anyone's real true story, you know? So with his autism, we obviously have a different way of looking at education. We have a different way of looking at lifestyle, which means I really just want him to be happy, healthy, and safe. And when you get down to basics with parenting, autism is no different 
from raising a child with different abilities, we just, we're probably on guard a little bit, bit more. And I'm much more aware of feelings and how days are going. And it probably, I think, makes me just a better person overall to kind of tune into feelings and um, behaviors and environment. And yeah, I, I think it's one of the great joys in life now. It's scary at first, but always an advocate to make sure that there's a voice at the table for people of any type of diversity that have a different ability. Well, so I love that you're, you talk about this so openly because, uh, and I like that in your elevator speech, you identified yourself as an autism mom because 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I, I'm not going to get the timeline right, but we just didn't talk about that. We just didn't, Correct. we just didn't do it. But, but there are universals in parenthood, happy, healthy, safe. Those are really, that's really it. Um, that's what we want for yeah. our kids, regardless of their circumstances. So exactly. And you know, when people look at me as, you know, what a challenge and I'm like, at least I'm, I can hit my challenge straight on. There's not one parent or one relationship that won't probably have a challenge at some point in their life. You know, heaven forbid, you know, I have friends with terminally ill children that they, you know, became ill in their, in their childhood and didn't know, you know, or dealing with kids that have different learning disabilities. Um, so I just encourage everyone to treat children with autism, adults with autism, with the same kindness you would treat anyone else. They're just doing it a little bit differently, and that's okay. There has to be room for everybody at the table, and that's just kind of the way I operate. Clearly. Well, I love that. I love it. Okay, let's talk about your personal, your background. Let's go. Sure. <laughs> let's sure, move sure. on from the elevator speech to, t- let's take a little deeper journey into your background and tell us about where you grew up, where you went to school, sort of your hobbies growing up and <laughs> per- personal passions and things like that. And let's get to, let's get to know Jennifer a little more. Sure. So my parents, Dean and Celia Martinez, moved from East Los Angeles with their two daughters, me and my sister, Jacqueline Martinez, and we moved when I was in first grade. So my parents really were the example of, you know, giving the best of where you can, making the best of an environment. And moving to Fort Smith was an opportunity for my sister and I to really have a different life than we would have in California. So they packed us up, move us, moved us out here. She, my mother has family here. And as true to Arkansas, you know, family comes fast and furious once you're here. So I have a lot of relatives who've ended up moving here too for opportunity, an opportunity for education, opportunities for jobs. It just really probably laid the groundwork for me for respecting the state and taking the most of that. I went to elementary and junior high. I went to private schools at Immaculate Conception and Trinity Junior High. I graduated Fort Smith Southside and really just had the best of both worlds. I really think I had just the ideal childhood. I wasn't very athletically inclined, so I had to find other ways to um, use use my mind, you know, be, be of help. And I was really involved. I turned back to like my seventh grade or eighth grade yearbook. And I was, you know, active president of the service club, which is totally in line with what I ended up doing. I was always trying to volunteer and do more, you know, was a candy striper at what is now Mercy. I was a candy striper at St. Edwards for two summers. I, you know, volunteered and did, you know, local walks for the different, you know, race for the cure, things like that. So I was really involved from an early age in rolling up my sleeves and being a part of helping others. And I got that exactly from my parents. They were always volunteering, always participating and giving where they could. So went to school at UCA for journalism. So I thought I was going to be a news reporter. I thought that was a great way of being a connector with information. And that passion later changed to a passion of being in the mix. Had the opportunity to live in Washington, D.C. after college and get a little dabble in politics. Loved it. I think when you see how it's all made, you kind of get an idea that you really can make change. You really can be influential. And at an early age, you know, at the beginning of my career, this is what I was doing. I was 
a part of the network, uh, working for legislators who were making direct changes to our state. And that love for this for Arkansas really came in at that time. Because you're away from home, you are proud of where you're from. You know what I mean? You you go and cheer the hogs, you wear your Arkansas sweatshirts, you hang with the SEC crowd. So again, just that pullback to even not living in Arkansas for some time, I still was always passionate and wanting to be a part of the bigger, bigger picture. So how did you get to where you are today and the role that you're in today from that? Because I'm, yes. I'm fascinated by that. And it is, isn't it funny how it's not hard to be proud of the state when you're away from it. There's so much to be proud of. So it's not there hard to is. carry the banner at all. But how did you get to where you are now? Sure. So I left Washington, you know, after 9-11, after anthrax scare. You know, this in 2001, it was just a different time. I, I know DC's changed quite a bit since then, but I was ready to come home. I came home and did a little bit more of, of the politics, did local races, city bond races, um, judicial races, city council races as as part of a consulting team. And in 2005, I hung up my hat. I was I was saying, you know, the same thing I was doing five years ago, I'm doing still today and it's still not going and decided to get into development, which is basically fundraising. I start out with the Arkansas Prostate Cancer Foundation, fighting for cures, raising money, doing events, and just found it so completely rewarding. I've held a number of development jobs in nonprofit. You have to start at the very bottom. You start in planning events. Then you work your way up to different kinds of philanthropy and major gifts, writing grants. So there's a lot more to this profession than meets the eye. I think nonprofits sometimes get a bad rap of maybe not you know, working as hard. You work 10 times as hard with a much smaller budget but you have the opportunity to really change and impact lives. So throughout the years, I had continued to work in nonprofits, various nonprofits, and made a trip, made a move to Austin when I married and made a trip again to Houston and worked Okay, we there. won't we won't hold it against you that you went to Texas <laughs> for a while. I moved out to Texas. And then once we started our family, I wanted to come back. It just made sense. Okay. I interrupted your story. (laughs) Keep going. No, at least you're fine. I actually, you know, the fun part again is you can always come home. That's that's the point of of this great state. You can always come home. And, you know, my husband didn't live in, in a small community. You know, he had moved around quite a bit in his childhood, but love the fact that I could walk into a local grocery store and see like my sixth grade teacher, my high school boyfriend, you know, the things that bother some when you don't have it, you don't realize how critical those, you know, that community is. I moved back to Little Rock as the chief development officer of the Arkansas Food Bank. And this was almost full circle for me. I had worked for Senator Blanche Lincoln, who was part of, who chaired the Agriculture Committee in D.C. And it was at that time that I really learned about hunger in our state. And I learned about food insecurity and the role, the role that I could play. And I worked there for almost five years and really honed in on those skills. So all through my career prior to that, I was working towards this bigger role. And it was such a great time, such a great reward to go out there, raise funds and show people what a dollar can do. It's totally different development. If you if you raise a dollar, I can go feed a kid. You know, if you, you can tell donors, if you give me funds, I can show you physically what I'm doing with those funds. I just, it, it was great. It was really, really great. Also had the opportunity to work for the Arkansas Repertory Theater. Again, so critical to our community, building the arts and, you know, to have great medicine, to have great educators you have to have great art in your community. Those individuals are looking to move to Little Rock for that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Once COVID struck, (laughs) I think the world turned upside down and nonprofits took a hit. You know, we all were, you know, waiting for the support. And I think people really had a hard time, you know, giving of themselves and their time because you physically couldn't be around people. Fundraising looked a little bit different and, 
my husband and I had an opportunity to move to Bentonville to Northwest Arkansas, an area that I love and that he loved as well. And I joined the Peel Compton Foundation and it's all about community. It is just a perfect fit for, for raising two children and being a part of something bigger than myself. So I've been here just shy of two years. Why we are a private foundation, we also are a 501c3. So I get to do all that great connection and community here. But I also get to navigate new waters in terms of making some really great spaces and programming available to people who, you know, just really want to enrich their community. So that's what I'm doing now, Lisa. Just enjoying the great new Bentonville, Arkansas. All of Northwest Arkansas is just a great hub of creativity. And we have the ability to make some real positive change in people's lives. And there's nothing like going to work and promoting, you know, a space. And then at night, getting my kids together, going to Osage Park and eating at the food trucks and enjoying the things, you know, enjoying pickleball and getting to enjoy the things I'm providing, not just for others, but my family gets to benefit from it as well. So it's, it's very rewarding. That's so cool. Okay. Well, several things. You're so right about the arts. In fact, my family and I have been seasoned subscribers to the rep for years and we were just devastated. We were absolutely devastated when it closed for, well, the closed for the first time, but then during the pandemic, it was really challenging because that was sort of our our family night and the programming had always been so good there. So yes, so well, they're back at it now. Lisa. Yes. Oh, I know. No, we and... are. We are. We have season <laughs> tickets again. We, in fact, we have our same seats that we've had for, for oh, years. Perfect. So yep. yeah, perfect, we have perfect. We have great seats. Well, they have a great leader there. I, I think the world of Will Trice and what a great, another one who's come home, you know, another one you yes. can always come home and make your community better. I just think that's really important. Well, I, I love I love hearing you give them a little shout out. I want to know yeah. more about the Peel Compton Foundation because sure. I'm sure if you're up in the northwest corner of the state, that's probably a very familiar name. But to people who are not, and you know, we have yeah. we have listeners outside the state as well. Tell us, tell us more about oh, the wow. foundation. So the Peel Compton Foundation is over 30 years old. The Peel Museum it started off as the, the Peel House Foundation, and what it was was a bunch of individuals that were determined to save, you know, a house over 150 years old soon. It was built out in the 1800s. It has really rich history. The late Congressman Peel actually built it for his wife. And coming up, they decided to build this home. Again, just a rich history to Bentonville. And the foundation was able to save the house. So it is our namesake property. It's Peel Museum and Botanical Gardens located just off Walton Boulevard, and it's free for open tours. The foundation went on later to inherit the Compton House, which is the late Dr. Neil Compton, who is, again, instrumental to all things Arkansas. He saved the Buffalo River along with other great advocates. It's the Buffalo River's 50th anniversary of, you know, staying staying the same and, and not having everyone have access to it. So the Buffalo River, the gentleman's home, Dr. Neil Compton, he was a local OBGYN. And, and while he might have birthed all of Northwest Arkansas, he left behind such a treasure. In his, I actually am officing right in his family's, one of his family's bedrooms has been moved into an office. And Compton Gardens is a free access space, again, with all native plants. It's the gateway into Crystal Bridges. And both Peel and Compton became this foundation and kind of stayed idle for a little bit. You know, it was preservation, keeping everything kind of looking great and making the facilities available for everyone in Northwest Arkansas. Some real action took place about two years ago when I moved up here. Kohler Mountain Bike Preserve, which is just an awesome, awesome space. It's the crown jewel of, of mountain biking, as we like to say, but it is a preserve that encourages and engages People from all over the world, Lisa and Carson, there are people that actually that on a lunch break, you can meet someone from New York who's traveled to to Arkansas, Arkansas, to come and ride our trails. 
and have that unique experience. It's unlike anything you've ever seen. And I'm so proud to be a part of that. The other property that's been picked up in this time for the foundation is Osage Park. That includes wetlands, that includes a pickleball court that I was referring to, a dog park, and then an archery range. So the the mission of the Peel Compton Foundation is really to connect community to these spaces and give really great experiences. So, you know, we cultivate these spaces where community thrives and we provide opportunities for those who may not know about archery, may not, you know, maybe their parents couldn't teach them how to ride a bike, teaching them about history of, of Congressman Pill, And then also the great native plants here, getting native plants back on the charts for, you know, Dr. Compton's legacy. So I get to work at these four spaces and make them available, accessible and activate them, not just our Kansans, but all those who travel through the area. Isn't that fun? Okay, that I, I swear I was just as you were talking, I went and looked up the website, and I have to tell I told you, you, you sort of have like the dream job. You really I do. Sort of like have the dream job, and it just feels so good. You know, when you drive in your neighborhood again, I'm in a smaller community than you know, leaving Little Rock or Fort Smith, but it's just back to basics. You know, it's back to enjoying a walk in the park or a ride in the park going back to giving families the opportunity to walk certain trails or learn a little bit of history. Very rewarding and very, you know, continuing to have the opportunity to showcase this part of the state. I have a great love for all the state, but right now I'm concentrating on this specific area and it's good. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Well, I... Come visit. Come visit. Oh, I I will tell you that I am a cyclist and I started started out mountain biking and so I'm very familiar with mountain biking right so I haven't I was just looking up the trails actually I opened another tab for the Kohler mountain bike preserve because I have not yeah. well at least I have an e-bike but I can hardly even do one of our you know our trails are different levels it's kind of like a ski resort there you know you have all the different color levels and I'm all I'm all like on good vibrations is one of one that I'm still challenged to try and do it my kids can do it and I can't but good vibrations you know all these Thunderdome is a I've really heard great of those yes dual, I've heard of those trails You've got to come see it. It's really fun. I am Polar downloading the trail map as we speak. My computer's not very happy at me about that, but I, I... So my my job is really to share the amenities. You know, we have a really unique campground. Yeah. You can come camping and be five minutes from downtown. Also, we have a, a coffee shop in the middle, and you can only ride in, bike in, or walk in, stroll in, but there's no vehicles. So, you know, you kind of get this feeling of you're out in the middle of nowhere enjoying airship coffee. Um, they also have great nachos. It's <laughs> it's it's just surreal. Like, am I in the middle of a town or am That's I, where am I? So and cool. Really unique. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay. Well, we could have Thanks. all hour long podcast just about this because as I'm cruising this, all the different trail descriptions here, it just makes me want to go out and get on my mountain bike. But yeah. All right. Now I want to hear about, because you've done a great job of describing your career journey. And I would say most of the women that we talk to have, they will credit someone in their career journey that has yeah. a huge impact in their career. And sometimes if for for women, it's not a—it's not necessarily a person. Sometimes it's an event. Who—who who, is there? Someone or something that helped to get you where you are today? So many people. I mean, I have a number of mentors and a number of individuals who've kind of helped pave the way. I—I—I I, I mean, let's be real. I was a staff assistant, you know, twenty-two, serving coffee to congressmen and and answering the phones. You know, I, I feel that I really worked my way through. Obviously, through the the politics and, and making room and having a voice, a big a big part of that was Senator Lincoln. She is just empowers other women, especially young women, to be you know part of something bigger than themselves. And you know, I would watch her on the Senate floor and help write talking points or put a press release together. And then in the evening, she's going home and making dinner for her family or taking the boys to soccer. Well, her boys are men now, but I I saw the example of women who did it all, who gave of themselves and still continued to have great careers, 
great, you know, great family life. And that was it was all encompassing. Along, like I said, along the way, I had so many different mentors, but I, I'd have to say my mom, Celia, has definitely shown me the kind of career path that, you know, you can do anything. I probably had a different childhood than everyone. I really thought I could be an astronaut. My parents are probably overly supportive. <laughs> they always encouraged, you know, and that I can do anything and that I could be anything and never, never stop trying. You know, you have a lot of opportunity, you take it. If you fail, try again. And, you know, don't be scared to try something new. And I have so many great people in my life, some wonderful women in my life. But, you know, it started from my parents. It started, you know, that was the base. And I've got an incredibly supportive husband, you know, and he too gets to dream big and we just get to encourage each other through life. Well, my guess is that some point if you ever decided to stop doing what you were doing, that you 100% could be an astronaut. I just get that vibe from you, <laughs> that you could totally do it. <laughs> that that we would just all have to get out of your way because it would definitely happen. I just, oh, yeah. I better, I'm going to keep my feet on the ground. I, I, yeah, that's not something, but you know, and that was probably one of the big draws to Bentonville, the creativity and the encouragement. There's a great music festival that's about to happen in a few months format. And I've never seen a community and I've lived in quite a few that have been so collaborative. And so it's, it's definitely not complete. Competitive. It's more of if you win, I win. If I win, you win. Let's let's push it through. And I've I found my people. I found a group that you know big ideas are welcomed, and you know resources just need to happen. You got to make them happen. I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, it's almost time for us to take a break, but I want to know before we go into the rapid fire section, what, <laughs> I feel like I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask anyway. Uh oh. What, what is, what does a typical day look like for you? <laughs> typical day. So waking up before everyone else, so before I have to get up and play the role of mom, I really, really like to get up, have a cup of coffee on my back porch and look out and just kind of get ready for the day. That usually sometimes only happens on weekend, but when it can happen, I prefer to have a little bit of time, get the kids off to school, get what they need, come in to work, get to, but you have to understand going to work means walking through, you know, the most beautiful gardens you've ever seen or, you know, helping someone find their way to the right trail. So it's, you know, from my, from the start of my day, I'm getting to, to be a part of someone else's. And that's a real big thing I love to, love to do. Could probably be an official tour guide of something like that's probably my retirement plan is to give tours for my life. And then I, I have a really great, you know, fundraising team. I have a great, great support system in upper leadership and have a few meetings. I get to go out and work with the site managers on different properties and talk about how we're going to market them or if I have a donor walking through. Just a real productive day, I hope, you know, working with different people in the community. And then I drive up towards Kohler, head home. And let's be honest, I don't cook. That's what I don't do. So not quite Wonder Woman. I do not cook. So I will pick up food or my husband will pick up a meal the way home, check in with the kids, maybe hit some Netflix if it's a good night, check in with my dog, Oz, our dog, her name is Oz or Ozzy. And, you know, then rest my head and just be thankful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What a, that just sounds amazing. So, okay. That's a good day, Lisa. On a bad day, I'm running late. I can't find the filters (laughs) for the coffee pot. My child has forgotten shoes for school. The other one doesn't, you know, is still asleep when she was supposed to be getting dressed. You know, there's, there's, I don't want to make this rose colored. I mean, you have to work. And I encourage all women to find that mentor, but, but also don't wear this element that you have to always have the most perfect lifestyle. Nothing's perfect behind the scenes, you know, really isn't. You're so right. Nothing is, you got, you got to just adapt. You got to roll with it. You got to roll with it. And I would say 20 years ago, I could not roll with it. Everything was, you know, we had a list. We knew what was going on. I knew time. I, I, well, I still keep a highlighted, um, paper, paper calendar. But, you know, I think 
kind of through the, my career and through parenthood, I've learned, yeah. you know, stuff's going to happen. Yeah. You know, stuff's going to happen. It is. And you, you have the choice about how you're going to react to it. You exactly. Can- and you just recover. I mean, yep. is this going to, you decide, you know, is this going to matter in one day? Is it going to matter in one year? You know, I think there's a saying like that. And, and that's how you should react, you know, exactly. react to the, the level of seriousness. Well, I completely, I have to completely agree with you there. And I have so enjoyed this part of our, of our conversation. It's time for us to take a really quick break. And I would like for you all to stay tuned, please, as we hear more from the uh, dynamic superwoman who calls herself Jennifer Martinez Belt. And she is actually right now the director of development for the Peel Compton Foundation in Fentonville, Arkansas. But she really is actually. She's really a superwoman. You just, that's not on her business card probably, but stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Okay. We're back with Jennifer Martinez Belt, who is the director of development for the Peel Compton Foundation in Bentonville, Arkansas. We're going to do rapid fire now. And this is always one of my favorite parts of the podcast. Although I have to say the first part has been pretty awesome, (laughs) but this one is just for fun. No right or wrong answers. I'm just going to fire a few questions at you. Some of them may be weird. Some of them not so weird. And you just say whatever comes to your mind. And yeah, I know this is going to be awesome. Well, I think I know the answer to this because you already talked about Oz, but are you a dog or a cat person? Oh, dog. 100%. Excellent. We like that. We can still be friends. Okay. (laughs) All right. Northwest Arkansas, one myth and one truth. Northwest Arkansas, one myth, one truth. Okay. Truth is it's totally awesome. One myth that, hmm. Have I stumped you? Okay. I feel pretty proud of myself that I've you stumped should, you. Because I don't believe in the myth. Like I, I'm a fairy tale kind of girl. If you dream oh. it, it's true. <laughs> so the, the myth might be that small sleepy town. I don't know that anyone thinks that because I surely don't. Well, but, it, but see people who aren't from that part of, or who haven't experienced that part the of myth, the state, you're right. they so don't those, know that. Those from those out of state listeners, Arkansas is, is pretty cool. It's pretty great. And we wear shoes. We're not all related. Some of us are, but most of us don't have to be related. It's so developed and so such an enriching part of the state. But I encourage everyone to, you know, think outside the box and try Arkansas. Well, I would offer that one truth is Northwest Arkansas is actually very rapidly becoming the mountain biking capital of the country. So I 100%. Yeah, I think that is rapidly becoming a truth. Okay, next question. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Pistachio almond. Oh, yum. Okay. That I've never heard that one before, but it sounds delicious. (laughs) Okay, complete this sentence. Being in nonprofit is so rewarding. It is an opportunity to do something bigger than yourself try it. I love it. I love it. I, when you were talking earlier about uh, volunteering, when you were in even like six and like you were talking about your junior yeah, high, you're like sixth yeah. and seventh grade. And I thought I, if someone had asked me to volunteer when I was in sixth or seventh grade, I, I would have laughed at them. I wouldn't even have known the concept probably. Well, Lisa, so, I, I mean, I couldn't make a free throw. I couldn't run track. <laughs> I mean, let's, <laughs> Let's give, let's be honest. I'm not a letterman. So this poor girl had to find, find her voice another way. I just, I think it's awesome though, that you, you (laughs) knew that and you had experienced that at that age. Okay. Next question. Oh, you, I kind of also answered this one too, but I'm going to ask Okay. Coffee or tea? Oh, coffee. Good coffee. All right. How do you take your coffee? A little bit of sugar, a little bit of oat milk. There you go. Okay. If you, this is your last, this is the last one. You're doing it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I was finally getting good at it. Yeah, this is easy. Okay, well, this is a two-parter. Could you be stranded on a deserted island without your phone? Do I have, do I, is there another person there? <laughs> okay, that's a yes or no question. <laughs> um, no. No, you could not. Okay, well, so what do you think would happen if you weren't and there was not another person there? 
I'd, I'd be the most depressed person ever. I, I thrive off other people's energy. I'm a total extrovert. You can ask any introvert. I am scary in terms of my approach. <laughs> if you don't want to be my friend, I will make you my friend. Like that's <laughs> my overall thing. So being alone, while I rarely enjoy that occasion of my own company, I, I would be okay, but I wouldn't be as happy as I would be with my family and friends. Mm, I have a feeling you'd probably make friends with like the birds, the tropical yeah, animals. Yeah, I would be kind of- Yeah, I think that I can see that you would probably have a little community built by the time your your rescuers came. Yeah, absolutely. I think you would. I just see Jennifer on the beach yelling Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, you have done amazing at Rapid Fire, and I appreciate you playing along. I am now going to turn you over to our public relations director, Carson Horn. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, Jennifer. Hey, Carson. Let me just start off. I have really enjoyed listening to you and Lisa talk. You are so well-spoken and just such a great advocate for your foundation, your community, and your causes, and just honestly the whole state. So I just, I'm really enjoying, I, I should just really, just let you guys keep going. No, first of all, thank you for what you do and bringing attention to, you know, very important causes and programs in our communities. You know, one of the things that I know you're involved in, and I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about, is your involvement with the Arkansas Hunger Relief Alliance. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. All right. Good job. Thank you. Good job. Well, someone really intelligent shared with me one day because I am thriving off mission is that you don't have to work in the mission to love it. So when I left the food bank, that was a big departure from what, you know, I believe in the mission I work in. That's a big part of being a nonprofit is to really believe in the work. And I had the opportunity to serve on the Arkansas Hunger Relief Alliance board that serves the entire state. So all my good thoughts and, you know, all my efforts weren't for not, I was able to give back in this capacity. And in this year, I serve as the chair. And, you know, it's a basic need. Hunger, you know, being fed is just a basic need. And while I was raising awareness and, and funding around feeding our Kansans, you know, there's still a lot of important work I can do from a volunteer capacity. And, you know, having a voice and having the opportunity to share that there are children in our state, you know, and maybe even just a few miles from where we live that are going to bed hungry. And while we celebrate a snow day, there's children at home who aren't because they aren't getting a school lunch. You know, hunger doesn't know that it's the holiday, you know, so I think it's really important in giving back that you look at some of the basic needs out there and address it. There's so many. And in any given time, you know, there's someone that's going through something that you can help with you should. Why not? So really passionate about the Hunger Relief Alliance. You know, they lobby on behalf of those that need need assistance. I think SNAP outreach is probably one of my favorite things that the Alliance does in terms of going out and helping people sign up for, you know, food assistance. And there's nothing wrong. I mean, a lot of these individuals may be having generational hunger, but at a lot of times, you know, people are one paycheck away from needing assistance. And, you know, while the economy can throw you a hard day, job, an ill, an ill family member, again, you just never know when it's going to be you. And my belief is why wait till it happens to you? Speak about it now. Help now. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, we're, we're coming off the back end now of COVID-19 and we're starting to recover, but a lot of the issues, the supply chain issues and everything else, those oh, are still yes. lingering. And I can only imagine still lingering. I, you know, what kind of impact? I, I can only imagine that that's grown substantially since the onset of all of that. Well, one thing, positive thing that happened during COVID is that a lot of the area food banks pulled their resources together. That's part of the alliance's job, pulling together pantries and agencies and the big Feeding America food banks together. And, and just making sure that, you know, if you, for those who had something and those who hadn't, they could collaborate and make sure that everyone was getting something. So as COVID kind of comes hopefully to an end, individuals who lost their jobs, lost their paychecks, lost their ability, you know, that means not having gas to go to the grocery store. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very basic. So the need is still there. 
you know, the numbers still reflect a need for individuals to, to have a, a healthy, nutritious meal. And I look forward to continuing to fight for those individuals so that we can find resources for them. And, you know, these people want to be able to, those who are in need, they, they want to be able to buy their own meal. You know, it's, it's not something of pride. It's, you know, it, this, this system doesn't always work in everyone's favor. Yeah, well, I mean, we just roll with the punches, yeah. you know, and we, yeah. we, we rely and lean on those folks that, that help, like, like folks like you and the food bank and everybody else. And so I, I do encourage folks, if they want to learn more about what the, the Hunger Relief Alliance does, is to check out the most recent issue of Soiree here in Little Rock feature on Jennifer. And so it's a very well yeah. done, well written article. So I encourage folks to go and look at that. So Jennifer, I, I can only imagine too that there's been some impact on, on your role there at the foundation and everything yeah, yeah. in donor relations, you know, here at, at the communications group, that's something that we deal with at times. I'm interested to know and, and get an insider look at, at um, you know, what what's going on in the world of donors, donor relations. Well, first off, yeah, you know, fundraising has taken a different role. And that's really what I wanted to share, too, on this opportunity to speak for this podcast is, you know, philanthropy and all and philanthropy as a profession. Fundraising is never about the individual that, you know, the development director. It's really about the donor and their gift to the organization. You know, what capacity? I'm just a connector. You know, I'm doing my favorite thing. I'm doing, I'm sharing stories, sharing, you know, the ideas that of what if, what if we had the funding? What was unique about the Peel Compton Foundation is that one of our core pillars is recreation. So what better thing than to get outside? So the foundation really was instrumental in providing a release for people. You know, with COVID, you couldn't be around people and getting outside, riding your bike, walking the trails, enjoying the gardens and the space was really kind of, you know, an an upbeat for people. They were able to kind of get out. And I love that. I love that they were able to kind of benefit from the work that we do day in and day out. As far as fundraising, I think individuals were able to give and when they were able to give, they gave to a specific nonprofit. So let's say, you know, you're you only have $100. Well, instead of giving 25 to one foundation and 10 to another, people really honed in on that one basic. And we, I think faith-based organizations probably saw an, an increase. Some of the, and we call them in fundraising, the diseases, you know, they, they always do well and others, not, not so much, but there's a huge rebound, I think, coming up and the way we communicate with people is a lot different. You know, I like to meet people face to face in two years of meeting people on Zoom and and trying to show them mission. That's a really hard thing to do. So I think we're we're on a comeback. I think nonprofits have a space in every community. And I encourage people to think about it or especially women to think about it as a profession. How much in your role do you, how, how much of, of a value do you place on relationships? 101% Carson. It's probably why it serves my personality well, because it's not necessarily, everyone likes to say, well, it's in who you know. Well, that's part of it, but it's really about making a connection with different individuals that may, you know, look at your mission and, and think it's totally something that they would support. So relationships and visiting with people and sharing your story is a huge part is a huge role in in philanthropy i always like to joke about we're not just party planners people are oh yeah you throw the best you know fundraising events yeah we do but we do a lot more there's a you know this is a professional career you know people are certified fundraising executives and you get the opportunity to share stories and connect people in a different way than most people nonprofits are able to do that which allows you to do a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And one of those cool things that you are doing, not to, not, <laughs> you are planning a party right now, I, I have to say. You're doing the Buffalo 50th anniversary. I want to hear all about it. Yeah. So we actually just previewed the movie earlier this spring, based kind of like on Dr. Compton and all the wonderful things he's doing. That will wrap up at the end of this year. There was a beautiful mural outside the Compton home in Compton Gardens that kind of celebrated the storyline of Dr. Compton. And, you know, we continue. It's his birthday month. 
he would wow. have been, I think, 110 in August. Oh, wow. So yeah, it's his birthday month. So we'll kind of wrap that up this year, Carson. And uh, my next big event, we'll be celebrating actually the Pill Museum's anniversary in 2025. I'm already planning that 150th anniversary of Peel. And what that you know, while people may think, what does a house do? A house tells a story, you know, of the people that live here. So I'm really having a great time with our museum manager and there we're helping build that story, pulling documents out and finding some real gems to share with the community and others. That's so cool. Well, it is so I cool, hope- yeah. I hope you'll stay in touch with us and let us know all about that and everything. Well, yeah, Carson, you have to come yeah. up when Lisa comes to ride her bike. There you go. Yes. I need every excuse I can get to come up to Northwest Arkansas. It's awesome up there. But, well, that is, that's just awesome, Jennifer. We really appreciate everything that you're doing. And, you know, I, I'm glad to see you in a role that you feel so comfortable in. You know, you filled out a questionnaire for us, and we ask you if this is what you always pictured you would be doing, and what did you answer? I think absolutely. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like what I would respond. Absolutely. I There was no way I was going to be, you know, sitting behind a desk and pushing numbers. While that is part of my role, I always have enjoyed being around people and being a helper. So it, it makes sense that I've fallen into this career and I wouldn't change it. Well, thanks so much for everything you do. Jennifer, it's been great talking to you. Yes. I'm going to I'm gonna pass you back over to Lisa, and I think she's got some final questions to wrap us up okay. with today. Okay, sounds great. I do. Okay, so I feel like if there was a podcast enthusiasm award that you would definitely, you would okay. definitely get it. We would go ahead Lisa, and... Lisa, we could make one. We could. We could just go ahead yeah. and bestow the podcast enthusiasm award on Jennifer Martinez Belt. So our first recipient. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we, we officially award you, <laughs> uh, which again, is, feels completely consistent with what we've learned about you since we've been able to have this conversation. Okay. I have two final questions, although okay. I really would like to stay on the line and continue to talk. I yeah. feel like I could talk to you for hours in the last several years. And, you know, the name of our podcast is WIN, which is Women yeah. in, in, in Industry. Women's influence in the workplace has really has changed quite dramatically. And I'm interested in your thoughts about the influence women can have in the workplace. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, women come at, at problems. A lot of us think a little bit differently. We wear so many different hats that in the in, in this industry, we kind of didn't, didn't think that would benefit. You know, I I think in certain corporate world, having emotion, having feelings, you know, caring for others wasn't a big, big benefit, but man, have we proved all that wrong. I think women bring so much to light and the way they connect with people are able to build relationships, able to juggle. Even if you, you know, you don't have to be a parent to be caring for maybe elderly parents or a sick neighbor. Wearing different hats has made, I believe, the opportunity for women to really succeed at least in nonprofit, but in, in, in all industry. I'm so inspired by the recent announcement by J.B. Hunt for Shelley Simpson, who's, who's worked her way through that industry and now is a leader, you know? And I think that when we continue to put women in leadership roles, you're going to see an improvement in overall, not just your budget lines, but also in how people are treated in the workplace. Women do have different needs than men, and that might include caring for others, but I, I, I think it makes us stronger. I, I love that. I love it because I, I feel like you're right. I think that the skill set that women bring into any situation has often been Maybe discounted as a as a sort of a soft set of skills, but it turns out they're not. They're really not. They are valuable and integral in a lot of yeah. organizations to talent attraction, retention, and to and you know if you attract good talent, that of course has an effect on the bottom line. Well, Absolutely. the big thing is, Lisa, creating culture. Yes. You know, creating a healthy culture, there has to be a little diversity at the table. So I encourage all women to work for your seat at the table. 
there's space. If there's someone that doesn't look like you, sound like you, or bring your experiences, fight for that seat. I love that. I absolutely love it. Okay. This is my final question. Okay. What is the one message you'd like to share with our listeners before we, we sign off today? I will think a little more on this, but I, I, we can do hard things. I think that was in a book in Untamed. We can do hard things and we can support one another and, you know, make things possible. You know, making the impossible possible is definitely something you have to to strive to do. So I I just encourage women to, to do hard things, not look at it as a barrier and break those down and push through. I love that. Okay people who are listening has this not been completely inspirational i have had such a good time talking to you today jennifer thank you so much for joining the communications group and agreeing to give up a good chunk of time out of your crazy busy day to be on our women in industry podcast it is no understatement to say we are inspired by you completely inspired And we wish you continued success on your professional journey. Thank you, Lisa. And thank you to Carson, too. I appreciate this opportunity. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks so much. Please check out our Women in Industry page on comgroup.com. That's C-O-M group.com to see more incredible and inspiring superwomen like Jennifer Martinez-Belt. You can find stories from other inspiring women on our WIN pages, on our website, and on our WIN podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms, but most definitely on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. While you're in your favorite podcast app, please rate and subscribe to the WIN podcast and share it with your friends. There's so many good stories here. And now we're going to leave you with some homework. Nominate that inspiring woman that you know in any industry for recognition. There are just so many women out there making such a difference in the world. The nomination form is on our website. That's comgroup.com. This is Lisa Van Hook from the Communications Group here with my co-host Carson Horn saying thank you for joining us and keep on inspiring. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us in this week's episode of The Win Podcast. The Women in Industry Podcast is presented by the Communications Group to celebrate professional women and their achievements. For more information about today's guest and others like her, or to nominate a woman in industry for recognition, click on over to comgroup.com. Join in on The Win Conversation by visiting The Win social channels on Instagram or Facebook. Or check out our Com Group social channels on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The Win Podcast is hosted by Com Group Executive Vice President Lisa Van Hook and PR Director Carson Horn and produced by Cassie Booker. To learn more about how the Communications Group can help you achieve your business goals, contact us today at info at comgroup.com.